It's time for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. Everyone has learned lessons in life during their lifetime. Some good, some bad. But from everyone, there has been something learned. And now it's time to share that knowledge. It's called Paying It Forward. Here, these lessons learned are then paid forward to you. With you, Paying It Forward too. Josephine put her professional career on hold after the birth of her first child and turned her attention to being a full-time mother. Well, three kids later, Josephine started her own company, MyMomKnowsBest.com and Glovies, but was dismayed by a lack of information that people would share to help entrepreneurs be successful. That's where Paying It Forward was born. This is Paying It Forward on Drugginet.com. And now, here's your host, Josephine Jirasi. Well, good morning, everyone. It's Josephine here, and I'm so excited to have you here with me today because we are going to have a, an amazing guest who's going to help you run your business and your household so much easier and better and more efficiently. So I can't wait to introduce my guest. But before we get to um, our introduction, let's start with the tip of the week. So today's tip is, being that it's summertime, I thought today's tip should be have fun but stay focused. It's super important as we have the distractions of the summer with lots of our kids home from school. Maybe they're at camp, maybe they're not. But you know what? Give yourself a break. Enjoy your children. Have fun, but also just stay super, super focused. The more focused you are, the quicker you can get your work done and the quicker you can go and have some fun with your kids. So that's the business tip of the week. With that, I cannot wait to introduce you to Lisa Bunnage. Lisa is going to be an amazing guest. Um, many of you know Blythe Littman, who has her show directly after our show. And Lisa was an amazing guest on Blythe's show. And Blythe said, you have to have Lisa on your show. She's an amazing guest. So with that, um, lots of research done on Lisa, and she really knows her stuff. So Lisa Bunnage is a parenting coach with Brat Buster's Parenting Services. She has been working with children for 40 plus years in schools, hospitals, and youth detention facilities. She uses a mix of down-to-earth common sense and humor to teach parents how to get respect from their children. So with that, I'd like to welcome Lisa to the show. Good morning, Lisa. How are you today? I'm wonderful, Josephine. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I'm so excited. I have to tell you, Blythe raved about you being on her show. She said you have such positive energy and such great information to share with all parents and business owners. So that's why I thought you'd be great for my show. Oh, I don't know if I'm amazing. Now I feel the pressure. <laughs> I'm getting nervous. <laughs> no, don't be ridiculous. So, Lisa, tell me about your background. I always like to give my listeners a little bit of background as to how did you end up being a parenting coach? So, let's go back to, like, college. What did you major in and how did you get to where you are? Well, I never went to college. I just went straight from high school into office work and I did that for years. But on the side, I was mm -hmm. always volunteering with children, always. Um, I started babysitting at 11 and I found I had a real knack for discipline. And the way I did it, even babysitting these really wild kids in the neighborhood that no one else would go near. And uh. I always used humor. But those kids would jump through hoops for me. They wanted to please me. And I think, it's just, I think it's just something that you're sort of born with. But I thought, so I started going into hospitals, working with children with disabilities of all, of all kinds. Then I worked my way up. And my absolute biggest challenge ever was volunteering as a teen mentor with delinquent teenagers. And oh, I'll man. tell you, talk about a test in life. They will push every single button. And I realized really quickly... That, and I always felt this way. You don't work children. You don't try and figure them out and work them. You let them tell you what they need from you. And oh, when I was that. working with troubled teens, I just said, look, I said, and I said this honestly to them. I said, look, you're, when I worked one on, it was always one on one. And I said, look, you're revolting in every way. I said, you've got to give me something to like, you know. I mean, <laughs> That's so funny. And they would laugh. And I'd say, they, or if they did, I'd say, there, you've you got a sense of humor. I can work with that. 
So I was always letting them lead me. But at the same time, I had my guidelines. There's no swearing. And at the end of every session, you have to say, thank you, Lisa, and give me a hug. And that's it. Those are my only rules. And they did. But there was a real method to my madness. Touch is very powerful, especially with children who are broken. You know, to get a loving hug from someone that they respect and they really care about, it is so powerful. So... Anyway, I worked with these troubled teens for years, and after that, they were the ones who told me, they said, you have to teach people how to treat children and how to treat teenagers. They said, it's just a gift, and you have to teach that. So I I said, yeah, yeah, whatever, and then I spent $5,000 on career counseling, and they said, you have to teach people how to parent. Yeah, but can I, can I just tell you something, Lisa? That's mm-hmm. probably the best $5,000 you ever spent because a friend of mine just wrote this whole thing, and, and I apologize. I always just start off with, you know, what school. I should have said what school or high school that you went to because, you know what, there's a big debate whether college really is helping everybody get to where they're going. I mean, we're spending all this money. Kids have to pay back. But the truth of the matter is your path in life, it came to you at such a young age. How amazing is that? And you didn't have the bills that uh, I had. <laughs> well, Lisa. and I, you know, I think college has its place, but I always wanted to do office work, and I was always working with children on the side anyway. Now, had I formally trained to work with children, I would never use what's taught, ever. Right. I, That's I've had the to beauty jump of it. Pardon me? Uh-huh. That's the beauty of the path that you had taken. You found your purpose in life. So I don't. It seemed like a straight road for you. Was it a straight well, no, line? No, not at, not at all. Because I didn't start my business till I was like forty-five years old. And, oh, okay. Okay. You know, so no, it wasn't a straight road. I always saw working with children as my passion, and I, and you know, this was. Remember, I'm in my mid fifties now. So years ago, we didn't really equate putting your passion into business. It just okay. wasn't really talked about. We we were more mainstream. We said you go to college or you go straight into an office and work in business. And, and then also when you start in a company, up in Canada we're not as pro-college. Like we do believe in entrepreneurship a little bit before the state did, I believe. Because great. you are so pro-college down there. And it's, it's just the way it is, which I think great either way is great. I don't have a problem with it. But yeah. we don't have that same mindset. We had, you know, whatever you want to do. And also, once you start in a big corporation up here, and I'm sure it's the same in the States, they do train you. I had tons of business training, but it was done in in the corporations that I worked for. Uh And they paid for it all, so it was actually great. But anyway, really, I didn't like it. It wasn't me. I don't like talking about money. Um, Uh I just wanted to talk about children. And turning your passion into a business nowadays is is so, so popular. The hard part is making money at it. And that is what I'll tell you what, you know, and I said right from the start, I am not a business coach at all, but I can sure tell you what not to do. And that's pretty much everything I did at the start. (laughs) You know, I've made every mistake out there. And um, one of the the biggest things I did was I got uh, analysis, or pardon me, paralysis by analysis. I worked Uh so hard getting all my ducks in a row that I forgot to actually make money. So I was so busy getting my, my, my company incorporated, setting up my website, you know, and then I realized, oh, wait a minute, I've been doing this for months and I haven't made one cent. Like I was so busy getting my business set up, I forgot to actually make money. But Lisa, it's such a common, common situation with so many entrepreneurs. I have interviewed, you know, close to 200 entrepreneurs at this point, And I can't tell you how many people have taken the same, you know, road you took with the paralysis by analysis. I was in the same position as you were. It's like, because we don't really, we know what we want to accomplish, but there's a lot that goes into accomplishing it. And you're so right. Uh, I always say, no sales, no victory. So Isn't I think you, you hit you know, it. And right. I, I realized, I remember saying one day, and I said, you know what? I'm not even a business, really. I'm just a charity organization. Like, <laughs> it, just, it just dawned on me one day. But, you know, also, is, you know, as much as you're passionate about what you do, I know kids inside, outside, upside down. I specialize in toddlers, up to teens in crisis, inside, out, black side. But I knew nothing about business, really. I knew about how to. Run it, work in a corporate industry, but I didn't know anything about starting a business. You have to, you have to know business. You have to study it. You have to understand marketing. You have to understand finance. You have to understand networking. Those are really, really important tools that I just missed the boat. I really did. I, 
struggled like you wouldn't believe. I mean, I was just so stupid. I just thought you're passionate about something. You put the word out and people were going to start knocking down my door. I was so stupid. It doesn't work that way. You have to know about business and you have to put a huge part of your energy into the actual business. But the one thing that you learned from the whole thing is that you, for yourself, you just said it, you were able to know what you didn't know. And it seems that you then went to figure figure it all well, out. Only, but only because it slapped me in the face. I mean, it's right. not like I, you know, it, it wasn't a choice. It was like, wait a minute here. You know, I'm not making any money. And I thought, I'm so good. Why am I not making any money? People need me. And then I realized that you have to tell people that they need you. You can't just expect them to get it. You have to make it as easy as possible for them to understand what you have and why they need it. And that's what business is all about. It's about communicating um, why they should buy you, why they need you. And isn't that, don't you find that though? You can't just expect them to read your mind. Okay. So I'm very similar to you, Lisa. I, um, I am so passionate about my Glovies product. I truly am. Mm-hmm. But I have to tell you that I had a guest on my show. Her name's Eleanor Stutz. And she wrote this book, Nice Girls Do Get the Sale. And the one thing she said on that show, and she's taught me because I've seen an increase in sales just by following her method. She said, you have to ask for the sale. You have to, yes. after you give your whole spiel, you have to say, okay, how many, how many Glovies would you like? How many Glovies can I send you? And next thing you know, everybody's like, oh, okay, send me, you know, whatever. Send me a case. Send me the, I was like, I'd hang up the phone saying, I cannot believe I just got it. So you're so right. Communication is super, super important. And you have to ask for, you have to ask for the sale. And it's so true, isn't it? And, you know, I, the one thing that I actually I would like to talk about something specifically that I think a lot of people struggle with, and it's how to get media attention. I got a lot yeah. of it, and I've been really lucky with the media. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. But you know what we're going to do, Lisa? We're going to take a really quick break, um, and... Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hear all about media, how to get the attention, and what it does for your business once you can get it. So with that, let's hold on, and we'll be right back. Thanks, everyone. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on Toginet.com. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. This is Buzz Local Radio. We have these three topics here, and we just added a fourth because we started talking about hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep, in a band. He's in a band. We both had guitars. So I went over to his house Christmas Day. That so day. We had to start a band. And uh, I think we wrote four I or five that songs feeling. that afternoon. And Cannibalistic Fish was one of them. Cannibalistic Fish. <laughs> I couldn't do the dreads. My mom would not oh, let me wear my pants backwards sorry. to school either. That was wiggity, 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 wack. Yeah. <laughs> Buzz Local Radio. Available for free download on toginet.com that's t-o-g-i-n-e-t dot com welcome back to paying it forward the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments lessons learned and sharing those ideas now let's get back to paying it forward with josephine Girasi on toginet.com Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here, and I'm so excited because I have Lisa Bunnage on the line with us. So, Lisa, before we went to break, 
you were talking about the importance of media. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, well, I, I don't know if I'd say the importance of it, but I'll tell you, I got a lot of media attention, and I always did. And it was interesting, because I wasn't looking for it. Because when I started my business seven years ago, <clears throat> I always knew that I wanted to get in front of a camera, um, because I know I'm good when I'm put in under pressure, right? Okay. And I thought, well, that's when I'll get my best message across. And everyone said to me, you will never get a TV spot. They are impossible to get. And I thought, oh, okay, but you know, when you're first training for business, you think you can do anything. And I thought, no, I'll just get it. So I phoned around. Absolutely. I got hung up on. I couldn't find the right people. Of course, I couldn't get on TV. But you know what I did? I, I, I can public speak. Well, I'd never done it, but I thought, I know I can public speak. So I phoned up, and it was an interesting way of speaking. If you can speak, you've got to get out there and do it because it is so powerful. What I did was I phoned a company downtown that manages buildings. So what they do is they manage office buildings. So I said, look, do you ever have uh, like courses for all of the um, people who work in those buildings? Luckily, they did. They had big seminars every year, and they'd bring in all these people to talk about retirement and, you know, blah, da, 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 and investments. And, they, and I said, well, look, I'm a parenting coach. Could I offer you two? And it's all free, like lunch and learn kind of things. So uh-huh. I said, look, I'll offer you two of them, one on teens and one on toddlers. Well, I've never spoken in my life, right? Oh, that's and so funny. Well, it turns out like 100 people were there. <laughs> It was right right downtown, and Uh uh, it was a beautiful setting, right on the water down in Vancouver. is a beautiful city. It was right on the water. And um, so I thought, thank God they've got the ocean to look at behind me because it'll take some of the pressure Uh off me. But I said to them, and it was like in a a foyer between these two giant office towers, and I said, can you please leave the doors wide open so people walking by, it was lunchtime, people walking by can also stop and look. And now when I get nervous, I get funny. So uh, I was nervous, but I also wanted to get my message across. I don't know how good the message was, but there were people lining the door and in the hallway listening because there was so much laughter coming out of the room. And they thought, what am I missing? But you know what happened is in that doorway, because I had said, you just have to basically open yourself up to people. And I had said uh, uh, that you could never get on TV. There was a TV uh, producer there and the editor of the head newspaper in Vancouver. I got a parenting weekly parenting column, and oh I also God. got asked to do a TV spot in that very first presentation. Unbelievable. And just because I had put myself out there. And if you're really genuine and honest and you've got nothing to hide, public speaking is a piece of cake. People are always, when they public speak, they think, oh, how can I convince them I'm any good? I go out there and think, you know what? I'm not, I'm not great, but I'm going to go out there and tell them what I do know. So it, it, you've just got to be vulnerable and real. And I was, and it really appealed to people. I tanked after that, and that was, that was probably the best presentation I've ever done but because I was so nervous mm-hmm. and genuine. But look what I got out of that. Like, it was amazing. So after that, some, some other networks saw me on TV, and then I got invited on all the networks, and I got weekly spots on TV, and but... That did not equate to money, which shocked me. Wow. You think you get on TV, you think, oh, my God, I've made it. You know, I've just started out. I was devastated. Do you know what I became? I became the person that you turn into every single week and get free advice from. People never picked up the phone and hired me because they thought, why would they? They get my free advice every week on TV. And in the newspaper, I became the freebie queen, the advice queen. Everyone turned to me, but no one ever thought to hire me. Isn't that interesting? It really is, but it's not uncommon. I think it happens to a lot of people, Lisa, especially the mom entrepreneurs out there. It's a matter of, with social media, though, you should be able to package things differently. I think because of social media and the internet, everything's so different now where content is key and you have so much content that I'm sure that's, tell us more about your business. So what did you, how did you turn the tables on that? Okay, well, what happened was, is I realized I had put on there all this wonderful free information. I said, go to my website. They were always very generous on TV and that, and they'd and they, they, they go to her website and there's lots of information. But I never knew how to put on there, um, I didn't even have a newsletter subscription on there. Like, I had no way of capturing people, for one thing. I didn't have any buttons for social media. I just had a blog. And then I also had a coaching page. I had no way of engaging people. 
And that's what I've had to learn, is you have to have a way of collecting emails. You have to have social media buttons on your website. You have to make it easy for people to continue to follow you. Then once they're interested, then you can start saying, by the way, I have this special deal running or... Um, you know, if you want to get, like right now, I'm really pushing this bullet, get your kids prepared for school, bully-proof them. And that's huge. August is usually a really big month for me, August and September, because of all the bullying, right? People are terrified yeah, of it. Absolutely. I have so that's my what son, I've got yeah. going right now. But I didn't know how to capture people at the time. So here I was getting thousands of people watching me every single week and reading my column, but no one was hiring me because I was too dumb to know that you have to actually capture them. You have to tell them where to go. Here, push my button here. Follow me on Facebook. Um, sign up for my program. So you, like you said, you have to ask for the sale. And it's such an important piece of advice. I mean, Eleanor, is it? Yeah, Eleanor Stutz. Oh my gosh, I have to tell you, Lisa, this book is like a Bible and I misplaced it. You'll laugh where I misplaced it. I misplaced it on my bookshelf the other day (laughs) and I I put like an envelope on top of it and I was going crazy for three days looking for the book. I'm just, I was saying to myself, but that's how incredible this book is. It's just she gives you step by step on exactly how you do it. And it's also how, you know, she talks about challenging yourself. Uh, but you'll have to read it. It's really, really good. I love, and, that. I love the sound of it because um, yeah. it's so important for women. We're terrified. We don't value ourselves like men do. Yeah. You know, no, like we really we question ourselves all the time. And that's what's so important now. Another thing that I wouldn't mind discussing also is how working moms have to balance. Not, o- not only do they have to be good in business, but they also have to raise these little people. And they're pulled between so many different, you know, uh, responsibilities in life that they really are probably have more stress now than ever before. Yeah. You know, it's so funny that you should say that, Lisa. I had a great conversation with my girlfriend this morning, and we were just talking about how different growing up in the households that we grew up in so many years ago with our parents and how our children are being raised. That, um, you know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, but I was one of 11 children, so I'm, I wasn't oh, the normal. No. Yeah, oh. I, I wasn't the norm. But my mom, you know, ruled with an iron fist and we knew what was right. We knew what was wrong. And I'm so proud to think that out of 11 kids, nobody's ever had any battles with drugs or alcohol or anything like that. And I think that's a big accomplishment for my mom. But um, as far as my children, they only know me as a working mom. And there truly is a lot of juggling that goes on. So I'm just so curious to know, do you have any real good tips for mom entrepreneurs? I have some wonderful advice for them because they're my, usually my working moms are my clients. Okay. Um, And they really do struggle with this stuff. And uh, actually, I'm just finishing up a newsletter um, on how to get organized with parenting because it's, it's sort of like business in a way, or I think that's how I communicate it a lot of the times, is you have to have a plan, you have to, have, you have to actually follow through, and then you have to tweak it a little bit too, right? Absolutely. So with parenting, we're just sort of, you know, uh, sort of go, the parents don't really know what they're going to do with the kids. They try something, they'll re- get a book and they'll try that one week and that won't work. They'll get another book. By this time, the kids have no respect for them. So, and my way is very down to earth. It's just get a plan in place. I do have a three-step parenting plan on my website. It's free in my newsletter. And, it, and I've got a training series, video training series on that too. And it's just a way to organize your parenting and slap it up on the fridge or slap it up on a wall in a high traffic area so that everyone knows what's expected of them. What makes it different from any other plan I've ever heard of is the parents have to be on that too. You have to be able to be punished also. So if you yell at the kid, if you yell at the kids, there's a consequence for you. My favorite punishments are doing something nice for someone else. Now, if my kids did something, pardon? Can say that one more time? So my favorite punishment is that uh that one is Uh doing something nice for someone else. A very good example of that is if I'd yelled at the kids, I would have to take them bike riding that afternoon. (laughs) Or if they they had raised their voice or talking disrespectful towards me, which, believe me, didn't happen very often, but if that ever happened, I got a scalp massage. 
Oh, good. <laughs> you see, so if you do something to someone else, you do something. If you do something mean to someone else, you do something nice to make it up for them. If they fought and one hit the other, they didn't do that, but I, I recommend this to, kid, to other parents. If your kids fight, one hits the other, they have to make their bed for a week. Ah, I but, like that. But if the other one teases them, it switches and they have to make the other one's bed. There's no teasing because teasing is bullying. So oh, I love it's this. all about, it's teaching you how to be kind. You know, discipline to me is about teaching uh, just self-discipline. That's all it is. And we only, I only use punishment to back it up. That's it. But punishment should be almost fun, but they're like a lesson within themselves. Time out, I've never used or countdown methods. Those are useless. What are they teaching a kid standing in a corner looking at a wall? What's he right. learning? But if he's right. making his brother's bed for a week, he's learning something. I have to tell you, I love it, Lisa, and I'm going to use it with my own kids. This is amazing. It's good stuff because it's so respectful. There was so much laughter in our house, even during disciplines. Now, I really finished disciplining my kids at three to three and a half because they knew I was in charge. I was mom number one, but boy, did we have fun. After that, I just laughed. I was running around the house with underpants on my head when they had friends over. I was one of those goofy moms (laughs) that all the kids thought were cool. It kind of wore off in the teen years, but you, you get the idea. We had fun, but boy, my son used to say, he's very funny. He used to say, boy, oh boy, we stepped a toe out of line. Those underpants were off her head in a shot. Like I was <laughs> not fun if they ever stepped a toe out of line. And when they started school, the very first day, I said to the teachers, if my kids ever step a toe out of line, never discipline them. Call me and I'll begin to do it. So <laughs> the teachers wow. love me. My kids, I never got a call, but the teachers understood I want to parent my children, and I'm sending them to school nice and polite. If they are not nice and polite at school, I'll deal with them. That's my job. Yeah, you know what? I have the same attitude, Lisa. It kills me, those parents who think their children are perfect. And, you know, no child's perfect, but um, to admit... Well, you know what? They don't don't believe that at all. They're just saying that. You know, they're... They're living in, a, in denial because they don't know what else to do. This stuff is easy to do. You just have to commit to it and do the hard work initially. But once you get past that initial hump, it's maintenance is nothing. This stuff lasts right through the teen years. I just used to say to my kids, really? And they'd go, no, never mind. Or, you know, <laughs> that's, that's all you have to do. That's this it. is great. You it's make it sound easy. You know, but it is Lisa- easy. We have so much more. We're picking your brains big time today. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back with Lisa Bunnage. Thanks, everyone. Hang in there. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on Toginet.com. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Hi everybody, this is Pete Six of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest Beatles release on this radio station. Why don't you look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear the latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix.
Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine, and boy, I'm having so much fun with my show today. Lisa, you're doing an amazing job. So before break, um, we were talking about, Lisa was saying how important it is to have fun with your kids, and she also mentioned that she handles a lot of her parenting in a humorous way. Not that everybody does, but I have to tell you, Lisa, I have a good sense of humor, if I must say so myself, and my oldest son, who's 12, has a great sense of humor, too, but I have to just tell you something funny that happened last night, so my kids are away at sleepaway camp, and I sent cards up to them, and um, my son is all excited to get the, the letter from me. And he opens up the card, but never reads the front of the card. And when he opens up the card, it says, and now you're crazy or something to that effect. But Lisa, the front of the card said, you're the only one that understands and gets me. And then, no. And then you open up the card and it says, but that doesn't make you normal or something to that effect. You know, he told me last, it was so funny, the card, but he he looked at me last night. I said, CJ, you never mentioned anything about the card I said to you. And then he looked at me, he goes, mom, I never read the front of the card. I only read the the inside. And he said, I didn't, didn't know make what a lot to think. So it was so funny, but it's so much fun when you can have a sense of humor and lighten things up because life is just so serious nowadays, don't you think, Lisa? You know, it's interesting because I got away, I get away with murder when, when I use humor. I do it everywhere I go, and it, it's a shock value too, but I do it purposely also because it takes the pressure off the moment. And um, my very first time on live TV... Um, I didn't know it was going to be live until just before I went on. And mm-hmm. I said, oh, no. And I was terrified. I started shaking instantly. I didn't know. I, I'd never been on TV. I'd, I'd only done public speaking once. You know, I was terrified. So as soon as we went to air, um, they said, they said, this is Lisa Bunnage and blah, blah, blah. And we start talking. And then... Um, they said uh, something. I said, oh, I'm just so nervous. I said, to give you an indication of how nervous I am, I told the cameraman just to, <laughs> just to film me from the waist up in case I soil myself. Well, I became, I mean, it was so raw. I mean, and, you know, people watching it, my friends and that said, how could you say that on air? And I said, I don't know. It just fell out. Like, I just couldn't help myself. But you know what that does? It, it relaxes your audience, too. Because if you can use humor, it, it opens their heart and their mind to you. And I, I don't use it. I mean, I use it sort of, and then I don't hold back as much as I probably should. But it makes people feel, you know what? She's nuts, so maybe she's not so bad after all. But like, I'm not sure that people are thinking that you're nuts. I think people are I thinking you're are. real. No, I think they're thinking that you're real. And you know what? Not everybody is. And I think it's refreshing when somebody can relate to you on that one-on-one that, wow, this is a real person. And just to mention Eleanor one more time, Eleanor's whole idea of being, you know, changing your business from a hobby into a real money-making business is that you have to be real and you have to establish relationships with people. And it's those people that you established a relationship with, they're going to be your best clients. And I'll tell you, if you go back, Lisa, to those days when you said you were giving all that free advice, I bet you any amount of money, if you would have gotten in front of that TV, in front of that camera and said, okay, guys, I hope you loved and enjoyed my free advice for the past year. Well, now I'd love you to go and support me on my website. I bet you everybody would have hung up, you know, left their TV screen and went online to, to order from you because they have that so established. But, yeah. but I wasn't smart enough at the time to know how to do that. And I look back at all the time I wasted on, on air. And you've got to understand, too, I was only on like maybe 10 or 20-minute segments. Like I'd be in a 10-minute right. segment. Sometimes they'd invite me back for questions live from viewers. And um, like in that moment. 
So you have to be respectful of the fact that it's their show. Sure. And I never want to step on toes because I was the easy guest. I was the one I was always entertaining, but hard hitting because I talk about suicide and, you know, oh, I, I deal with teen suicide and all that. So I do really hard hitting stuff. But if you don't, if you're depressing, no one's going to listen to you. If right. you're, by the way, um, all the suicidal teens that I've worked with, I use humor with them too, but boy, oh boy, it, it's careful, very cautiously um, used. But humor mm. is my tool. And it's not going to be everybody's. I think you should just be yourself and be real. If you try and be funny and you're not naturally funny, because all us comedians need an audience too, remember? Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's great. People love it when you just laugh at what they say too. So we all have something to offer. Uh, For example, one of my clients... was, had no humor whatsoever, none. But she was one of the most warm. You know, I said to her, I just want to crawl up in your lap. Like, oh. nurturing, loving nature. And she loved reading and telling stories to her children. So I said, because I don't teach what I, my style, obviously. I teach my tools and my parenting tools, but I don't teach my style because that's me. Her style was this loving, nurturing. She was just the most warm, loving person. So I used that with her to help her guide her children. So everyone's different. You've got to find yourself. You may not be funny, but you may be uh, particularly soft-spoken and lovely to listen to. Mm-hmm. And You know, everyone's got something about them that, that is engaging. So be, re- be yourself. Yeah, but you know what's funny, Lisa? Um, I was talking to somebody who knows my three children, and she looked at me and she laughed. And she said, you couldn't have three more different children. Each child is so different, whereas the humor works with my oldest. But I will tell you, my youngest would be in tears if I fooled around with her the way I did. So you're right. You have to know your style and you have to know your audience. You have to to know your your children, too. My son is exactly like me. We're raw. We say it like we have no filtering system. Uh, well, we do because we don't hurt people, but we're very right. funny. But my daughter's not. She's more the sensitive type. I had, to, and I always laugh and I say, you know, he was raised first. I had him for five years alone. I ripped him to shreds. I mean, the two of us were teased <laughs> each other. We dove out of closets, scaring each other. Loved it. My daughter, I always say, I had to be nice. It was horrible. I had right. to be nice and kind and thoughtful and sensitive, and that's not me, right? <laughs> but that she needed that from me. So I had to be nice. But I always say they really are formed at three and three quarters. I've been saying that forever. Now they're starting to say that. Three and three quarters is the mark. I was only nice. And the day she turned three and three quarters, then I ripped her to shreds. I thought, oh, well, she's already formed. So That's so funny. But she was a completely different beast. By the way, um, if you have three children, they're always going to be different because they'll each pick a path. They won't pick one that someone else is already good at. That's why children are so different in a family. Oh, wow. You know, if they were raised in separate families, they may turn out identical because nurture versus nature. Maybe nature said they were a certain way, but they will always turn out different because they'll never pick the path that their siblings already got. That's oh, why that's they do so that. That's so interesting. It's just, it's just the way it is. Because that's why people always say, my kids couldn't be more different. There's a lot of that going on. You know, some of it's mm-hmm. just nature, right? But there's yeah. a lot of that going on. So, but yeah, you've got to find, and you've got to know your children, and you can't parent them all the same at all. I know that for a fact. They're all different beasts. And some parents will say, you know, we've got this black sheep. Oh, that's a real real prickle with me. Some people say, all our kids were so easy, but we got this one black sheep. And he's just been so difficult right from day one. I say, no, it's just because you didn't give him the parenting that he needed. That child is different from your other three children in that he doesn't follow the same discipline path that the other three did. That doesn't mean he's worse. It just means you haven't figured him out. You haven't taken the time to understand him. He's just different. And that, you know, you it's know, so funny, Lisa, that you should say that because I always say out of my three, I have one tough cookie mm-hmm. and it changes the dynamics in the family. Like it drives me crazy. And so often I think to myself, maybe it's not the child. Maybe it's the parent. Maybe it never it, is. Me. It never is. Well, there you go, and, Josephine. When, yeah, can I book, when can I book you in? I'm asking <laughs> for the sale. You see, this Lisa. is happening right live on air. How how funny is that? How funny is that? Seriously. It's true, though, because there often parents will say that. And I feel so sorry for that kid. I think you just, you haven't done your job in figuring them out. That's all. 
That's yeah. all it is, because I've worked with troubled teens, and I tell you, I did not treat any, any two of them the same. They were but- all so different. I think you're so right, but it goes back to what you just said. Like certain things you've said today have touched home with me. And you said touch is powerful. And I'll tell you when my one child, I feel like, is just giving me and everybody around them a tough time. You know what? I go this morning. I picked her up. And I hugged her so tight. And I said, you know what? You always ask me for a hug. Well, sometimes mommy needs a hug from you. It was just to to engage her. And she came and I hugged her. Let me tell you, she was a charm, a charm. And the morning went off like without a hitch and everybody was happy. And I, I think you have a lot, a lot of information here that is so helpful to any you know, mom or anybody trying to, you know, raise a happy family and run a business at the same time. But I can't believe it. We're up almost um, on a break here. When we come back, um, Lisa, I always wrap my show up with the five best business tips and you have some amazing ones here. But um, when we come back, we're going to talk about our five tips and I can't wait to hear more about or a little bit about networking, the importance of networking. So with that, we will be right back. Everyone hang in with us. We have Lisa Bunnage with us today. Thank you. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on toginet.com. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Mark Lipinski is coming to Toginet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. A live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 Central on Toginet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out marklepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. We are on our last segment of Paying It Forward. And before we get started with our great business tips, um, Lisa, I'd like to give you an opportunity to tell my listeners how they can learn more about you. So could you please give us your website? My website is bratbusters.com. So that's brat as in naughty child, busters. Um, dot com. And what it is, is that there's tons and tons of stuff on there. But uh, the best way to engage with me would be on the newsletter because I put stuff in there that I don't put anywhere else. And for the listeners, uh, in the month of August, I have a special program running and it's all in preparation for school or preschool. Um, you know, the fall season starting up. So the focus will be all on getting them all hyped up for school and, and a new season. 
And um, that will be starting on August, let me see, I believe it's August 4th. And uh, what that is, the four-week program, and it's full of videos, which I answer all the questions in week to week, and there's also uh, uh, two sessions with me included in that. But what it goes through is how you set up the three-step parenting plan, which is the tool I use for all my clients. And the three steps on there are the rules and the consequences and the motto. And you have to write all this out with your children included. This is done with teenagers too, by the way. And you set out all the rules for all the parents, the children, everybody, but it can just be one each to keep it simple to start with because you just want to pick your battles carefully. So then you have consequences, and it's just a list of consequences for everybody, mom and dad included. And then the family motto could just be don't kill each other even. (laughs) Often that's, that's what I say, you know, when you're first starting out. But one of the things on there, it's all laid out in the, in the newsletter. And one of the things on there is that mom and dad have the last word. So in other words, if, if all the poop's hitting the fan and no one's getting along, mom and dad just have the last word if you can't agree on anything. So it's just a way of organizing parenting. And also it kind of takes the onus off of parents who struggle with discipline. You can almost just point to the chart and go, it's its fault. It's not my fault. <laughs> discipline. So a lot of parents say they blame me too, and I say you can say it's Lisa Bunnage's fault. She told us to do this. So you know, a lot of parents don't want to be the meanie. I think discipline is love. To me, discipline <laughs> is just rules, manners, and chores, and that is showing that you love children because it's giving them expectations to make them feel good about themselves. Children who don't feel good about themselves have low self-esteem. They are bullied, or they become bullies. They don't like themselves, they have low sense of self-worth, and they are in trouble in the teen years, I'll tell you. You have to discipline your children. You know, the number one thing, I talk to teenagers all the time, and the number one complaint they have about their parents, all kids say this, is that they don't listen to them. And then I'll tell that to parents, and parents will say, I listen all the time. I say, no, you don't. You may be seeming to hearing them, but what you're doing is you're listening to gather information to lecture with. You use it on them later. It, they do it all the time. Remember when you told me that you did wow. pot? Remember, you know, they'd use it. You should listen to understand to give them what they need. There's a huge difference between the two. So whenever I work with troubled teens, they, and teenagers tell me everything. You wouldn't believe the stuff they tell me. You'd curl your hair. <laughs> oh, geez, I'm trying to act like, oh, yes, oh, lovely, you know. Um, But they'll tell me everything, and then I'll say, okay, now let me think. And it's all private when kids talk to me. And I say, now let me think. How can I use this to help your parents be better parents? And then they'll tell me. They will actually say, can you negotiate uh, something with them? Can you do? They will help me to help Can you give us an example? Well, um, oh, God, there's so many. And I don't want to give you anything too rot either. Uh, Well, one kid, oh, I know. One kid, um, he was a boy, and he was driving, and his parents would never let him drive their car because they didn't trust him. They had lots of money, by the way, so it didn't matter, you know, if something went wrong. Right. And um, so I said to, and he was, oh, God, he was in trouble. Oh, he was in trouble. But they didn't trust him. And I said, you know why they don't trust you? It's because you haven't given them a reason to trust you. You have to earn it. So what can we do to earn their trust? And he says, I'll tell you what, I really want to take my parents' car out. And it was a very nice car, but they were filthy rich anyway. And he said, I just want to take it out, like even just around the block. That's all. He wanted to take his dad's, I think his dad's sports car or something though. And mm-hmm. I said, oh boy, give me a minute here. So I went back. I think the doctor was, actually, I think the, the, the father was a, a, a child psychiatrist, child psychologist. Uh, doesn't mean you can handle teenagers, I'll tell you. So I said right. to his dad, I said, look, your, your kid has to earn some respect here. He agrees with this. So what we've negotiated here, can he take your car around the block? The dad goes, no freaking way, no blah, blah, blah. And I said, look, do you want to get his respect or don't you? And he said, yeah, but he's not touching that car. And I said, okay, then give me something else. What can you give him? He had nothing. So in other words, he just was demanding respect, right? He wasn't, he wasn't commanding it. He wasn't earning it. So anyway, he eventually let the kid drive the car around the block. And you wouldn't believe the change in the relationship after that. It was unbelievable. It was just that one act, that one act of respect with so all of how, and it how does a parent, that's, ama- that's such an amazing story. I got goosebumps. But how does a parent get that information out of their child? How, how do they 
ask that they question. Ask them. They just say, look, you know what they have to do first, though? They have to start with an apology. And this is what I teach every single parent of teenagers, is you have to say to them, I am sorry I've been a bad parent. I have let you down. It's my fault. Now, now, it doesn't mean they are a bad parent, and it doesn't mean that they've let your, their child down. But it's opening the door. Because every teenager is going to go, wow, that's powerful. Like, they just, it just shifts everything. You have to make it sound like everything they're doing wrong is your fault. When I worked with troubled teens, I mentored them once or twice a week. I wasn't even their parent. And I'd say, look, whenever, when you messed up, what did I do wrong? Why am I not doing a good job mentoring you? Oh, you know, wow. what, what am I doing wrong? Always word it that way and you will get the best information. It's just how you approach them. It's not working them. It's not manipulative. It's really because if you were doing a perfect job, they probably wouldn't be there in the first place. So you have to apologize. Parents, really, dads especially, really struggle with that one. And then I say, look, is it, do you love your kid more than you love yourself here? I said, come on. I said, this is the tool I use. You have to do it or we can't work together. You have to take the responsibility for their actions. Oh, my. I cannot believe how much information this is going to help so many listeners. But we're up to two minutes left on the show. So I'm going to quickly read your five business tips and then um, we'll wrap it up. Lisa, not that I want to wrap it up. I think you're going to have to come back and be another guest on our show again. Oh, I'd love it. It's been fun. Okay, great. So Lisa's five business tips. Number one, be authentic be yourself. And she talked about that. And I agree. It's so important. Number two, know your target client. Maybe we'll, we could talk about that for one second. Number three, specialize. Don't generalize. Number four, know your stuff inside out, upside down. And number five, maintain a sense of humor as you're going to need it. Oh, gosh, Lisa, I love every single one of your um, your tips here are amazing. Is there one last thought you want to leave us with? Um, just that uh, for parents, if, you're, if things aren't going well, don't beat yourself up. Just get help. You can contact me. Just sign up for my newsletter even. Go and get help. Don't beat yourself up. Don't wait any longer because the sooner that you attend to this and get it done, you're going to look back and you go, what was I doing wasting time beating myself up? It's not productive, it's not good for you, and it's not good for your children. So just move forward in a positive way. No one loves your children like you do. This is wonderful. Well, Lisa Bunnage, thank you so much. And everyone, please learn more about Lisa by going to her website, which is bratbusters.com. She's also got a Twitter account, Bratbusters, and she's also on Facebook, Bratbusters Parenting. So thank you so much, Lisa, and I hope that we're going to have you back on our show. And to everyone, have a wonderful, productive week, and I'll see you again next week on Paying It Forward. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. See you next week. Thank you for being a part of Paying It Forward with Josephine Tarasi on Toginet.com. This show is dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful. Each week we'll be discussing accomplishments, lessons learned, both good and bad, and sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. And for more great ideas, information, tools, tips, and tricks in life and in business, join us next week for more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com.